everybody. It's Dave here and Darren over there. Welcome to the show. Sorry we're late. I was having some technical issues on my end. I hate when that happens. Absolutely, positively. We have three themes today, as usual. And I'm glad to see everybody here. Uh, Davey, Andrew, welcome to the show. Our themes today is, is Quebec st stability a good thing? We'll talk about that because I think uh, Darren and I are going to come down on different uh, sides of that coin. <laughs> also, we're looking at all the trade stuff. that just came out before the show a few hours ago that uh, the Vikings are interested. They're in talks with the Texans about Brandon Cooks. They're one of many teams that are. That's an interesting development on that one. Then we'll look, of course, at... The Vikings versus the Cardinals, coming tomorrow, Sunday, at noon, Kirk Cousins' best time, to you on your favorite Fox channel, if you're lucky enough, or on streaming with the rest. Until then, Climb in the Pocket, Daily Norseman, and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Starting now. Hey, everybody. David Gedd. Darren over there. Darren, how are things up in Yellowknife, Canada? Fucking snowy, David. Snowy? <sighs> we got a big dump. We got a big dump this week. So uh, winter is, is here officially. The snow shoveling has started. Don't even have winter tires on the car. Got to get that straightened out. Uh, but uh, on the on the plus side, uh, some people don't know this, but other than other than football, I usually cheer for well, not usually. I do cheer for the Philadelphia team. Sorry, in all my other major sports, and the Phillies are like in the World Series and had a came from behind from five nothing last night to win Game One of the World Series. So I was kind of happy. Um, well, okay, <laughs> you can be. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I know I was see, watching on Twitter. There's a whole bunch of people upset over that game. But yes. it, it is baseball, and that's what it is. You want close games. You want competition. And uh, no uh, sun flares, solar flares, sunspots today messing with it. My end was to deal with the iCloud. Thank you, Apple. Anyways, yes. Dummy, I am drinking Fighting 69th today. My favorite of favorite whiskeys. Boom, boom, boom. And, uh, and yes, Viking Report, I did get beer from Monster uh, Lake, Lake Monster, Monster Brewing. That's why I got the cap. And uh, But that's long gone. Finished it off like three weeks ago. <laughs> but we'll get more into Lake Monster a little bit later. They've got some good stuff happening today. Yeah. But... Let's switch over and start talking some football. Indeed. Oh, wow. And there we go. The title of this show is QB Stability. Is it good? Right? This is going to be interesting because I don't know exactly where you're going with this. But we're going to start <laughs> off. Um, well... <laughs> Dave, uh, people, try not to fall off your chairs here, but I'm going to uh, say something in, in like uh, in uh, support of Kirk Cousins uh, here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Vikings fans, everybody's got an opinion on Kirk Cousins, right? Some oh, people yes, hate, hate the guy. Some people love him. He can do no wrong. I haven't met too many of those people, but they, they do exist. And then there's people, there's a third group, and I count myself among that. And I think you're kind of there too, Dave, where uh, we recognize Kirk Cousins for what he is. Uh, and we hope that he's going to lead the Vikings to the promised land and the Super Bowl. But we haven't got our hopes up too high or maybe high at all that that's going to happen. Uh, so I'm in that group that third group. Uh, but I, I, you know, I did want to, but I, I, you know, I, I got to thinking about what made me think about it, Dave, was that this week the Col Colts announced that they're benching Matt Ryan, a uh, long time, all pro, uh, not with the, the Colts, but with right. the Atlanta Falcons uh, and, you know, very, very good quarterback made it to the Super Bowl once, et cetera, et cetera. They're replacing him with the guy in number four there, Sam Allinger. And it got me thinking about 
quarterback instability. We're seeing a lot of it across the NFL this year, not just with the Colts, but with other teams. And thinking about how Kirk Cousins, for all his faults, has provided quarterback, relative quarterback stability for the Vikings. Um, for five seasons since we started him and uh, since we signed him in 2018, uh, there's never been a question on Sundays who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Vikings. It's yep. Kirk Cousins. Now, there's lots of been lots of questions during the season and particularly after the season if Kirk Cousins should be the starting quarterback <laughs> for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> but there's never a question that he's going to be there behind center on Sundays. He's only missed two games in five years. One of them was a COVID-related. He would have been able to play if he didn't have COVID and there wasn't COVID protocols. The other one was Mike Zimmer decided to sit him out the last game of 2019 because he didn't want him to get hurt uh, heading into the playoffs. That's it. And every year, Kirk Cousins gives you steady, consistent production. You can set your clock on it, David. He's going to throw for about 4,200 yards a year, 30 touchdowns thereabouts, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Uh, Usually sub below 10 interceptions per year. Mm -hmm. And he's going to complete 67, 68% of his passes. That's like, you can write that in stone usually. Uh, You know, that's, that's good production. Uh, and so that stability, I think, is is something that I, maybe is a, I, I believe is in some uh, uh, Viking circles, Viking fan circles, is underappreciated because you know there was a time Vikings fans remember Fran Tarkenton and then Tommy Kramer, two unquestioned number one quarterbacks for the Vikings. Uh, we had them like back to back in the seventies, the early seventies and late eighties. Or sorry, l- early seventies, then the late seventies when Tommy took over from Fran in '79, and then Tommy was the unquestioned number one guy for a number of years until injuries caught up with him. But then after those two, David, the Vikings had pretty much had a different starting quarterback every season or two mm-hmm. for a long stretch. Uh, no stability there at all you know it was warren moon was a jim mcmahon rich gannon then to get you know brad johnson then randall cunningham then it's jeff george blah 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 and really the only um stability that we you know a guy who's started been the number one guy for as many years as kirk cousins has been now which is five seasons the last time we had that guy was dante culpepper in 2005 to 2006 or sorry 2000 year two, uh, 2000 to 2005, six, six seasons in total. And then after that, it was just a huge QB wasteland for the Vikings, right? Like they had to get by with, they had to get by with guys like Brad Johnson. You're going to see them all up here. Tavares Jackson. Then it's like uh, Gus Farratt, uh Brett Favre, zombie Brett Favre for one fantastic right. year in 2009. And then 2010, not so good. Uh, and then Christian Ponder. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, Case, and then Case Keenum in 2000, until, and, and then finally in 2018, the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins, and he's given us that stability at the quarterback position since then. Haven't had to worry about who's going to be the guy under, under the center. Haven't really had to worry about, like, is this guy going to suck today? Most of the time, Kirk doesn't suck. <laughs> you know, you know he, he, most of the time, he's pretty solid. Uh, and so uh, I think that's allowed the Vikings to not have to constantly search for the franchise guy. Uh, it's allowed them to uh, go after assets and address other areas of need on the team, particularly, I think, in the past few years, offensive line. They've ad- tried to address cornerback. They've uh, addressed in one year at least, and it's worked out really well, wide receiver, you know, Mm -hmm. 2020 picking Justin Jefferson, and they got KJ Osborne there that year too. Um, And some of that's worked out pretty well. I think now the, finally the investments in draft capital and the offensive line is starting to finally come together Uh, at cornerback, not as successful, uh, but they tried Uh, and they wouldn't have been able to devote as many draft assets to those positions if they'd had to be searching early on for a franchise quarterback. Um, right. They didn't and, have Kirk. And then how many good quarterbacks have they passed up during that time? You could say there's a few, but just a few. There's uh, just, 
just a few. And yeah. the, the that quarterback stability that the Vikings have right now is not something that is the norm in the league year to right. year. I mean, you can just look at the Jets, look at the Panthers, look at the Bears. Every year, they just kind of like, who's our quarterback? Uh, you know, or, uh, or even you know, the Browns, or, right? Because, yeah. you know, the teams, you, oh, you all know them, the teams where the guy wears the jersey and it has name after name after name after yeah. name after name after name after name on it. Mm-hmm. And I just I feel that you know until Kirk Cousins wins the Super Bowl, he's going to be a very polarizing player for Vikings fans. But I feel until and I don't think he's our franchise guy. Well, he has been for you know he's not the franchise Tom Brady type guy. Right. Uh, he's you know that kind of QB ten to fifteen sixteen in the NFL. Uh, but yeah. uh, at, at the same point, like considering what we had before him every year, year or two, going through a different guy, looking for a different guy, having to go through the free agent market, trade guys, uh, draft guys, like uh, I feel that Viking fans are not going to appreciate what Kirk Cousins has been able to give us for all his faults uh, in that five years. And he's going to be back next year because his, his, you know, the, the, the I, th- I believe he's going to be back next year just because his quarterback um, with the cap space and the cap hit that you take with him on the team, he's, he's under he's difficult contract to get rid of. for next year. Yeah. And there is a no trade clause in it. However, that can be massaged however they wish to massage it. But yes, he's on there. And I just feel that, that that that's something that I think Viking fans aren't going to appreciate until we get the franchise guy, whenever that is going to be. And that's so hard to nail, David, in the NFL. We just see teams mm-hmm. every year. It's kind of like the lottery, really. So uh, it, it, it now that sort of is and and uh, it you know, this year it that stability and and Kirk's production hasn't resulted in a lot of wins for the Vikings. Uh, They've been a 500 team for him. We've got to admit it. They've only made the playoffs once so far this year. They're getting a lot more wins than they have previously in the Kirk year, even though Kirk isn't, even though Kirk is not playing any better this year than he did the previous four. Well, actually he's playing a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah, he, he might be even playing a little bit less compared to his standards in the previous four years as far as a passer. But uh, it's still, it's kind of nice to not week in, week out, wonder who your quarterback is going to be, what the level of play is going to be, what kind of player you're going to get. And uh, th- th- I think that's something that I just wanted to point out this week and, and appreciate a bit. Uh, and it might not be lasting much longer, though, Dave, because, again, he's only signed up to next year. Will he be here next year or not? That's still an open question. I feel that unless the Vikings win the Super Bowl this year, uh, the, the Cousins' future with the team is always going to be in question. And next year, as Drew pointed out, the Vikings, and particularly general manager Quasi Adolfo Mensa, I think is going to have to start to think about who the next – franchise guy is for the Vikings because Kirk's going to be 35 next year. He's at an age where that, you know, for a guy like him, where we could start to see that gradual or even not gradual decline in skills, like we've seen with Matt Ryan, where in at 36 and 37, he is not the guy he is now. And you're looking to move on. And the Vikings, I think you're going to have to and make it's some not decisions. Just Matt Ryan. It's yeah. It's um, Stafford, right? Went to, the one year goes over to LA, they win the Super Bowl. Well, how's LA doing this year? Not as well, right? He's no. not playing as well. You had Russell Wilson, who was great up in Seattle for a long time. He's gone to Denver. How has he looked? He looks like he's done. Um, mm-hmm. like he hit that cliff. And the normal cliff for quarterbacks was around 34, 35 years old. That used to be the normal age. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers threw that out the window because they went into their 40s, and there's been those exceptions. Will we see that drop off with Kirk Cousins? Are we starting to this year because, Mm -hmm. you know, his production is down? But we are seeing compensation for that, and I like to see Patrick Peterson sort of the same way. When you get up older, and this goes across spectrum of life, when you're older, you're not as strong, as nimble, as uh, resilient as you were when you were younger, right? I could drink 
all sorts of stuff when I was in my 20s, hop up the next morning with, you know, barely a hangover and go to work and there'd be no problem. I try to do mm-hmm. that now. I will be dying in bed the next morning because I'm older. I can't handle that anymore, right? And, and it happens to everybody. And there's a point which it does. And But becoming older also becomes wiser, hopefully, for most people. Yes. And you can learn the tricks of the trade. And I think we're seeing that this year with Kirk because he is does know what it's now taking he needs to do to get that win in the fourth How quarter. How did you, Max? And, uh, and, you know, go from there. He's generating wins. He may not be generating the stats he used to, but he's generating wins. And I will take wins any day of the week over those stats. Hey, G-Mac, welcome to the I, show. Uh... Um, Drew was asking about do the Vikings draft a quarterback next April, and uh, with you know, with the way their record is going right now, uh, it's going I would tough. say if it's going to be tough. Yeah, to get one of the key guys, whoever the key guy is, and the key guys would be C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and maybe Will Levis, and somebody else who emerges like a like a, like unexpectedly, like Kenny Pickett did last year with mm-hmm. with uh, with Pitt. But but yeah, if if the Vikings keep going the way they're going, and we hope they do, they're going to be picking late in the first round, and they're not going to have a shot at C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or maybe even Will Levis. Uh, because they're going to be picking too far back in the draft, unless they trade up and give up a boatload of crap. Which future I don't stuff think that, to yeah, move up. Future stuff, which which I don't think that the you know the I, I don't think that the Vikings will do. It's it's of course we're we're talking it's late October. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in April? Uh, but uh, but it's going to be difficult if the Vikings pick a quarterback. Uh, next April right now with the way their record is and with the way their schedule is looking, I think that you think that I think that they're looking, if they pick one, it'll have to be like in the day two or day three of the draft. And those guys aren't really the guys that are going to replace Kirk cousins right away. If at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. And when we talk about here in the next theme, free agent trades, that takes up some of the capital that you might use to get, that future quarterback too. So who knows? Um, and the Vikings, Vikings are a little short on that right now, you know, even right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Toots says, you ask a great question. Do you think his stats are lower because he's taken more chances than he couldn't take with Zim? No, I don't think that's the issue at all. His uh, depth of throw is a lot shorter. It's, it's just a different offense, and they're learning it. And I think he's learning the reads have changed, how he's supposed to progress. And I think he's still not through six games. He was getting more comfortable, but I still think he wasn't completely comfortable. That's why he's throwing short. Plus, defenses are playing different this year across the board. You're seeing more two high safeties. They're trying to shut down the high-flying air game of the modern offense. And, you know, it's always is. Offenses will figure out a way to dominate. They have. Defenses eventually figure it out, and they come back and figure out how to shut it down. And then offense, it's the cyclical nature of football. And I think that's why his production is low. His normal stats are lower than what we would be expected to. At least I hope that's the reason. I hope it's not just because he's a year older and, just not playing as well. I hope there's a, a reason behind it. Um, GMAC, I agree this would be a great year to draft a QB. It's, it, you see the man on the screen. It's going to be up to Quasi, And you know, you got to know, he's got a plan in place of how he wants to address all of that. Even with, if Kirk plays well, if Kirk doesn't play well, go far in the playoffs, we don't go far in the playoffs, we win the Super Bowl, we win the Super Bowl. Who cares, Right. Build a statue. Let's have the parade. Everything's good. We've won one before we die. Let's celebrate. Doesn't matter at that point. But I'm sure there is a plan in place. Now, we're at the end of theme one, which brings us to our first sponsor opportunity. And they joined us last week. And they're back again this week. It is That Badass Wood Art. And 
You got Lewis there holding up one of his pieces, Skull Vikings. He also makes the little That's very nice some Minnesota stuff. If you wish to purchase something from him, he makes art from with his scroll saw, scroll saw and wood, and a whole bunch of different stains and uh, gels that he puts on it to get the colors. It's CTP or CT Pocket. You get twenty percent off that piece. He wanted me to, uh, or I spotted, and he wanted to show off. He just finished one last night, and hmm. here it is. It's Alex Matterson drinking tea in London. So this gives you an example of the type of stuff he does, and he does do whatever you want. You call him up and say, I want one of his famous ones is Randy Moss's Moon, right? And he's got one of Randy Moss's Moon. You could do any player you want, any any topic you want, he can do it. So if you like his work, and I do, try. That's badass wood art. It's Lewis. He does fantastic work. And that brings us to theme two. When you get our theme stuff up and music. There we what go. allowed? Not Darius. There we go. <laughs> I need to clean up some of my stuff is what I need to do. You got too uh, much stuff on there. Dude. Yes, I do. You wanted to talk crazy, and should the Vikings make a move coming up to this trade deadline that hits us Tuesday at 3 o'clock Central to yeah, improve well, the team? Well, yes, with the with the Vikings being 5-1 and one and where they are in the standings right now, uh, that's got uh, writers who cover the NFL and the Vikings, as well as TV and radio talking heads who cover the Vikings in the NFL, starting to speculate about all teams and what they're, you know, who's trading who, who's in on the trades, who's looking for what, including the Vikings. And the, the speculation is heated up this week for all teams, but including the Vikings. And some contenders are have made some big moves. Uh, we know the, the, the Eagles, uh, the 6-0 Eagles, the number one seed in the NFC Eagles uh, this week. Uh, they got ex-Bears uh, defensive end Robert Quinn uh, to add to their stable. And uh, that uh, is, a, a you know, potentially is a huge get for them. Uh, earlier than that, the 49ers had traded for Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers. Uh, again, another huge trade. get for them. Yep. A big, big trade at all. So, um, you know, the, the the question is, is Kwesi Adova Mensa <laughs> right, uh, Drew? 29 different players. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll and, show uh, you a gonna, list of some of those, Drew. Don't worry. Yeah, and uh, we're going to get all of them for Chris Boyd <laughs> and a seventh rounder in 2030. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, that, that, you know, that that's – that you know, that, the Vikings. Uh, the question is: Is Quasi Dova Mensa? Is he going to going to make a move to improve the Vikings, with considering where they are? And uh, and and with the Vikings, when you look at them, it's hard to make an argument that they couldn't use uh, some improvements, right? They haven't oh, been dominant could. enough. They haven't been dominant enough, nearly dominant enough, even though they're five and one, to make you believe that they've got a stacked roster. They don't need to do any more than, than they can stand pat and they'll be okay. The Eagles obviously didn't feel that way and they're six and oh, and they kicked our ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They went out and did something. So is Quasi Adolfo Mensa going to do something? Well, uh, Will Raggett's from Sports Illustrated. We talk about this guy a fair bit because he covers the Vikings and does a, a very good job of it. Does a he great took job. a deep he he took a deep dive into this this week, looking at various spots where the Vikings could uh, be looking at improvements, uh, like wide receiver, which might be a bit of a surprise. It was to me. Uh, he looked at edge rusher, defensive line cornerback of course uh as well um particularly slot corner and to me uh slot corner is the spot where cornerback particularly slot Mm -hmm. corner is an obvious weakness for the vikings um you look at particularly chandon sullivan the guy here uh pro football focus again take their grades for what they are but it's mm-hmm. it's a metric. It's something that we can reference. Uh, at uh, uh, they've got Sullivan's grade in the slot at forty three point eight. Uh, you know, when covering the slot, that's worst uh-huh. in the league amongst all the grades that they have for players in the slot. Uh, and if you don't believe Pro Football Focus's grades, then 
uh, you just some raw stats. Uh, Sullivan has given up 347 yards in the slot to receivers that he's covering. That's also last in the league. Uh, so he hasn't, teams have picked on him. He hasn't done a very good job, but uh, mm-hmm. he's the, the, the best that the Vikings got. So to me, cornerback, Shannon Sullivan isn't the only reason that the Vikings defense has been disappointing, but he's a pretty obvious mm-hmm. guy that you can upgrade who hasn't performed very well. And there are teams that not doing very well, a few of them anyway, that have slot corners that could be an upgrade for the Vikings. And Pro Football Focus suggested this guy, uh, Kwan Williams, as a as a trade uh, uh, target for the Vikings. And uh, again, uh, he plays the slot for the Broncos. Uh, what works out well for the, uh, you know, what what works out well and makes him a lo- logical uh, trade target for the Vikings is that uh, he played under Ed Donatel briefly. Uh, he was with uh, Kevin O'Connell was on staffs with him, um, where came on Williams. Quasi was in the front office with the 49ers when Kwan Williams was over there. So there's familiarity with some key decision makers on the Vikings uh, with Kwan Williams. Uh, and the Broncos are two and five, not doing very well. And depend. And if they lose to the Jaguars this week, they'll be two and six, and they'll be completely out of the playoff race. And they'll be looking, I think, to trade uh, because and looking to pick up draft capital for future years because they gave up a ton to get Russell Wilson. <laughs> so they're going to be looking at getting rid of guys. And Kwan Will Williams is one of those guys. Uh, the other thing that's good about Kwan Williams and makes him uh, an appealing option for the Vikings is that salary-wise. Yeah. Uh, his cap hit is only $2.1 million this year and $2.9 million next year. But this year is really the, the key thing for the Vikings to worry about because they don't have a whole lot of cap space. He's also good at his job. Um, yeah, he's a very good tackler in coverage he's never had a grade i think below 65 according to pro football focus um so that's much better than what the vikings are getting from chan and sullivan uh there's again there's other teams that the uh, players that the vikings can look at desmond king the third from the texans is another guy a slot corner pretty good uh and the texans aren't going anywhere right. it looks like uh but they'd be looking they'd probably be sellers at the trade deadline he's another guy but Kwan williams um, the, if you connect the dots, look at the way he, at his level of play and his salary, he's a guy that seems like an obvious upgrade for the Vikings and you could slot him in there and, uh, in for, uh, Chan and Sullivan. And immediately you've got an upgrade that, uh, over game over game, if the Viking, uh, if he's allowing the Vikings not to get brutalized from the slot, that could make, uh, you know, appreciable difference in the way this Vikings defense plays particularly on the pass defense side where they're giving up a ton of yards uh mm-hmm. through the air even if they're not giving up a ton of points um and with, there's been other speculation as, as well older, he's 31 yeah he's, he's, he's 30 yeah he's one of those seasoned vets like patrick peterson he plays more with his head now than just with pure athletic talent k1 makes a good viable possibility he would be cheap and people worried about money we have under under a million dollars in cap they could free some up real simply they could free up uh like three and a half million just by turning o'neill's salary into bonus for the rest of the year and they'd be done with it there's ways rob brzezinski could do that now indeed drew talked about the 29 different targets Drew, this is the list I've seen talked about this week. And there are a few names on there. Not quite 29, but there are a bunch. The big one that happened a few hours ago that I talked about at the very beginning is that uh, from the Texans also, you brought up the one corner, they're talking about wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Tweet came out by Jordan Schultz that Vikings are one of the teams that are interested in the talks. Now, I've got an issue with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is an outstanding receiver. No doubt. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. He's an outstanding receiver. The whole idea of of, uh, getting a receiver is one that could 
alleviate pressure off of Justin Jefferson, go deep, take off the top. That would uh, have the opposing defense have to make a decision, die one way or the other. We figure we already have that, but we're not getting that production yet. So if they get another one, they figure they'll get that production and they'll have to make a choice. The problem with uh, Cooks is he's guaranteed $18 million in salary next year. That's an awful lot of money. Um, you'd almost have to extend him. Well, he's 29, right? He'll be 30 next year. You're getting into Adam Thielen when Adam Thielen was 29 type range. So it's... I'm not so sure, even though the Vikings are calling, and you want them to call. You want Quasi yep. to be burning up the phones. You want him to be seeing what's available all over the place and evaluating. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yes, Drew, interior line could help. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Tight end. Uh, there, there's all sorts of places that could help. The question is, where are you going to get the most help? And I think the most help like Darren said, is right now is it slot corner, firm up that defense a little bit. But and with the Cook situation, uh, I just saw on our Gallhorn site um, that uh, Ryan Johnson was talking about it in a little chat. Where I don't know where he got it, but he was saying that apparently the Texans are asking for a, a second round pick and a day three pick for Cooks, um, and uh, which is a pretty steep price to pay for uh, an aging vet uh, who might be a one-year rental uh, and like one of the issues for the Vikings in making any sort of trade uh, along with the the cap space stuff which again uh, Brzezinski can do some cap gymnastics and he'll make things work out but the you got to give up something to get something and the Vikings don't have a lot of draft capital around right now like Mm -hmm. 2023 they've got a first a second a third a fifth and two uh, compensatory six, but you can't trade the six because they're compensatory, right? Um, The PFF was saying that... that, I think you can start trading compensatory picks now. And then then future years, 2024, the Vikings have a first, a second, a third, and a fifth only right now. Um, And uh, the the pro football focus trade proposal, again, it's, this is coming out of the ether, a guy speculating, but he was, he was saying uh, the Vikings would trade, get Kwan Williams for a fifth from the Broncos. Okay. Well, that would leave you the Vikings with a first, a second, and a third, no pick in the fourth, none in the fifth, none in the seventh, and two, two compensatories in the sixth. And then they, again, they got the same issues. Uh, they got a, a, not a scarcity of draft picks in 2024 that they can bandy either. So does, does Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the guy in that picture, is he willing to p- uh, select a guy and basically not have any day two, day three, and a lot of his day two, well, he and would hardly any day. He would probably obviously have to generate him by trading our assets we already have on the team. And that may be a smart move. If you're talking about shedding cap for next year, yeah. Um, trade Kendricks, trade Thielen, trade. I mean, people are going to say, whoa, 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 they're one of us. Um, but there are potential, yeah, we'll trade him for a, a fourth, a fifth, a whatever, and build those back up. You might keep in back of your mind, you might see that. You might not like it but you might see it going into the next two years because we are shy on picks. And we especially know we're probably going to be getting a quarterback at some point in time. Yeah. Um, so th- those sorts of things are uh, are what's out there for the Vikings. What's also potentially limiting them if they have to get into a bidding war with some other teams and draft picks are like going to be the deciding factor. We don't have a lot of ammo right now mm-hmm. to fire, uh, to beat other teams. And we certainly don't have the cap space <laughs> right now to, uh, to, you know, say to the guy, Hey, yeah, you know, you come in here and, and you, you, you know, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, so uh, those are two big issues, but I think uh, the thing about the draft picks is that if there's a deal to be made, I think for Quasi Adolfo Mensa, he has shown in the short time he's been with us that he is not shy to trade. And if he thinks that the deal is, is the right one, he's going to trade, whether it's during the draft or, or during training camp and preseason. Uh, he, he's made a ton of trades. And I think if he feels that K1 Williams 
or Brandon Cooks or KJ Hamler or whoever the hell it is can make the Vikings a tougher out in the playoffs and the rest of the season. And he has to give up a fifth or whatever it is, some unknown player who has no value right now, other than the fact that they are a pick. Quasi Dovomanza will make that deal. And I would be supportive of that deal. But um, it, yeah, again, can we make the deal? Can we outbid teams? Right. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think that the, the Vikings um, are in a position where they just can't. Yeah, they can sit pat, stay pat, and say we're five and one. We like our roster, but I think that there's there's room for improvement. And if they can make one deal for a Kwan Williams that significantly upgrades a position of weakness, then as a fan, Vikings fan, you've got to be supportive of that because this team is five and one. We don't know what they're going to do next year. Uh, we don't know how it's all going to roll. Right now, they're rolling. Let's keep right. rolling. Let's keep rolling. I got you. Um, any chances? I suspect there's nothing on that. They're going to keep Madison. We have been hearing about Madison getting uh, traded away for about eight months now. It hasn't happened. Uh, I, I might be more inclined to to think it would happen if Ty Chandler didn't have a broken thumb and he was on the injured reserve and the only guy you've got backing up Dalvin, Dalvin, Mr. Fragile Cook is Kene Wongwu. And then maybe you'd think about it. And offense yeah. with him. Yeah. And they were asked know, this week I'd, why they haven't. So I just, yeah, I, I, I don't think that, unless they got blown away by some offer for Madison, which I don't think is going to happen either, then I think that Madison is going to stay because he's nice insurance in case Cook does miss a game or two or, Lord, God forbid, more than that. Mm hmm. Um, but it's enough to make you drink, which brings <laughs> us to our favorite point of the show where we talk about Lake Monster Brewing. You've got your Lake Monster Brewing hat on. I do not mind sitting over on my bureau over there, and but I do have information about Lake Monster. Lake Monster, right now, right this second, right now, is having the Monster Bash, right? They've got... Five bands. The band started at 1 o'clock. It's 4.47 right now. You still have time. They go on. The bands will play till 11 o'clock, and they're open longer than that. Right? So if you are in the Twin Cities, go across the river to St. Paul, Lake Monster, and enjoy the festivities. Live music. If you can get in. If you can get in, great beer. You see Cask Cave there. Eight one-of-a-kind beers. And I'll get to that here shortly because I know what they are. Apple cider, ale, and more. Well, let's talk about what they got on tap. The normal stuff, right? You've seen this week to week and how some things change and some things don't. The new one this week is the oatmeal smoked porter. Porter is a dark brown, sweeter, heavier ale. Sounds absolutely delicious. All the rest are your normal, you've seen for weeks now, the Lunatic, the Belgian Coffee, the Como Claws, the Depth Charts, etc. Right? They have those. That's their normal fare. But let's get into the Cast Cave. What is in the Cast Cave? Why does it make it unique? Here is what they are serving from the Cast Cave. They're serving a Lunatic Twice dry hopped ale. Now, if you're into IPAs and traditional ales, you have, you add more and more hops helps preserve it, right? But it also makes it drier. So you're going to drink this double hopped ale and go at the end because it's going to feel dry. Oh, it's going to taste absolutely fantastic. Next one on the list is a pineapple jalapeno. Empty rowboat. Yes. You want to talk about one-of-a-kind beers? Pineapple jalapeno. I have had peppers in my whiskey. I've had peppers in my wine. It's good. I bet peppers in the beer is good as well. You got your uh, pomegranate hibiscus sour, which they had this summer, only they've added orange peels to this one. You have your apple ale with cinnamon, clove, and allspice. You're going to sit there and smell that, and you think you're at Grandma's house when she's baking apple pies for the holidays. 
that is just going to bring back memories like you wouldn't believe. You have your Murmur Milk Stout with vanilla beans and cocoa nibs put in it. So it's got chocolate and vanilla. Oh, God, that's talk about a dessert beer. Um, you've got another St. Paul Pub Dry Ale, double hopped, oh, depth charged with added orange peel, and then Rare Species 4.0, double dry hopped with an Eldorado hop. Oh, this stuff has got to be fantastic. It's worth the taste, experience, the explosion in your mouth. You got good music, good <laughs> friends. Try some of this. Get a flat where you got all the samplers. It's got to be an absolute blast. But it's happening right now. Literally, right now. So, if you want to go, leave the show. Watch us on rerun when you get back. Go right ahead. The game doesn't start till noon. All we got left is Vikings and Cardinals. But there is some great beer there. So, if you give it a chance, give it a go. Um, I know they do not have Coors Light Tootses. Uh, Matt Lang, the brewmeister, is not going to get anywhere close to Coors Light. I guarantee that. And we're on to theme three. <laughs> Drew, <laughs> I'd love to do it, brother. I'd love to do it. Theme three. We've got here, we're talking about the Vikings versus the Cardinals. And as always, we start out with uh, normal stat slides, information slides. First one up is the injury report. You see that the Vikings are relatively healthy. The only person that popped up, popped up this week is Jonathan Bullard. He's sick, illness, but Coach O'Connell said he expects him to play on Sunday, be healthy. Maybe he's just got a 24-hour bug. Maybe he's got allergies like I do and his head's exploding. Who knows? Um, that's it. But if you look at the Cardinals... Max Garcia, starting guard out. Uh, linebackers, uh, that's supposed to be Dennis Gardek. Their good linebacker is out. Starting center, Rodney Hudson is out, right? The backup center is worse than Bradbury. Makes Bradbury look like an all-pro. That's how bad their backup is. Uh, you have, boy, my typing was bad. Christian Matthew is out at corner. You have James Conner, running back, out. Then you get into the questionables, and it's iffy whether they're going to play or not. Starting tackle, DJ Humphreys. Humphreys is their version of Darisaw for us. He's very, very good. We want him out. Um, he's a game-time decision. Running back, Darrell Williams, is out. Or questionable. questionable Byron Murphy, questionable. And kicker, Matt Prater. Boy, another misspell is questionable. He's got a hip injury. They do have a backup kicker on the roster in case he can't go. So they're hurting. They are hurting very badly. Coming into our house, yes, we had the bye, so we've had two weeks between football. They had the mini bye because they played on Thursday the week before. They've had 10 days, but they are still hurting coming into our house. Now let's look at the offenses versus defense type of stuff. Offense. We start off all the time. PFF power ranking has the Vikings offense at seven. It's up. That surprised me. Against the Arizona defense, which is 22nd. They aren't that good overall. And with some of those injuries, they can be taken advantage of. Football outsiders, these, uh, when you're talking DVOA, um, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> thanks, Michael. Um, Drew saying Blankenship is one probably kicking tomorrow because of Prater's hip injury. Football outsiders has us 14th overall on offense, and we dropped a little bit. 17th in the pass, 9th in the run. They have their defense 21st overall, 27th against the pass. Key on that, they're 27th against the pass. That's not good. And 6th against the run. They're pretty decent against the run. Elias Sports Bureau, these are your normal back of the trading card stats, your newspaper stats, your ESPN, your NFL, your CBS, all of those subscribe to Elias Sports Bureau. 
Vikings offense is 18th in yards, went down because we had a low offensive performance in our last game, even though we won. 10th in passing, 25th in rushing. We hope the 25th goes up, but we're still 13th in points, hoping that goes up as well. We've taken 11 sacks, and we've given away six turnovers so far. Their defense is 22nd in yards given up, 25th in passing given up. Points, they're 27th, so they can be scored on. Uh, they've had 11 sacks. They're 28th, and I hate when that happens. Um, they have a plus five differential, which is not bad. It's third. And they're 12th in t- takeaways with 10. Over-under, Vikings are favored by three and a half, and the over-under is 49. Um, so that gets offense. Now we head on to defense versus offense. Vikings defense is 23rd, moving up. Woohoo! Yes, the <laughs> PFF power ranking getting better. We're 21st against the pass and 21st against the run, and yet we're 24th overall. Makes sense, doesn't it? Um, and when it comes to football outsiders, moving up a little bit. Going against, when it comes to PFF, they have the Cardinals offense at 19, and DVOA, DVOA has them at 26, 28th in the past, 21 in in the run. That's going to improve since Hopkins is back. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are a thing, right? And there Hopkins is off suspension. He played last week. It's a thing. He did well. Those numbers are going to come up for the Cardinals. Elias has his 27th in yards for defense, which is not good. We want to be above the bottom this year, people. 28th in passing, you see our weak link, is our uh, passes given up. Big part of that's Chandon Sullivan. That's why we talked about Quan Williams being a possibility. So we'll see. They got us 14th against the rush, middle of the pack. We're still 12th in points, which is good. We have 17 sacks to our name. Hopefully that goes up. We're 5th. Uh, with a plus four differential, and we have we're 11th with 10 takeaways, whereas they are 15th in the yards, eight for offense, 15th in the yards, 18th for passing, 13th for rushing, 15th for points, middle of the road. They've taken 16 sacks on uh, so far, and uh, They've given up five turnovers. So that is what you are looking at when it comes to the raw numbers. Take them for what they're worth. It is what it is. And now we get to special teams where we went up to 27th after the shank punt a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, On our special teams, our special teams are good both in coverage and on kicking. Mind you, Joseph could get his act together and hit some more extra points and field goals would be nice. And But they are 27. They are not good. And that is what it is. Uh, Tootsis talks about call of duty. Hopefully, people are inviting him to play. Because right now... They are in multiplayer mode, and he loves Call of Duty. And it's Call of Duty um, Modern Warfare 2. So hopefully he is doing just that, Tunes. And uh, as you can see, I prepared for that because I (laughs) hope he is. Now, Darren, let's... Take your take on what we're viewing tomorrow. Vikings versus well, for, Cardinals. Four things I want to hit on, David, uh, rather quickly. Uh, the Cardinals are a hard team to figure. Um, they obviously you, We see the stats on there. They don't really do anything really well at all, other than uh, their run defense is pretty good. They've uh, 
kept um, the Rundy's defense can be good, I should say. They've kept three in their seven games this year. They've kept three teams under 100 yards total rushing. Uh, but last week against the Saints, it wasn't one of those times. And Alvin Kamara was uh, pretty successful running against the Cardinals defense. But uh, they so they don't they haven't done a lot of uh, they don't do anything really well. Uh, but uh, they do have some talent. I mean, they've got J.J. Watt. They've got uh, Kyler Murray. They've got DeAndre Hopkins. They've got mm-hmm. Buda Baker, a safety I just love, although his talents would be wasted <laughs> in, in the Vikings defense, playing, uh, playing uh, 15, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage all the time. Uh, they, Zach Allen is a guy who's a kind of an emerging defensive, uh, defensive lineman for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Simmons is a guy who seems to finally be getting it after a couple of years. So they have talent there. Uh, and so, but they haven't really put it together. Uh, they've only, um, if you look at their wins, their wins have been against some pretty poor teams. Um, and I, but are they a dangerous team for the Vikings to be facing right now? Yes, they are, David, because every team the Vikings face are a dangerous team because we haven't been dominant other than we haven't won comfortably in any game other than our season opener. So, right. the, and the Vikings. And the Vikings have, uh, you know, they've got stats that make you wonder how good they are. And even despite their 5-1 record, how deep they could go, how successful they would be in the playoffs, even if they, they make it. Uh, like you, you saw there, we're 27th in yards given up. We are 18th overall in, in offensive yards gained. Those are mediocre and very bad <laughs> stats. Uh, on the other hand, to be yeah, We play be the fair, schedule that's given. That's right. And but to be fair, we're 13th in points for or 12th in points given up. So in the stats that you know are you know are really matter, I guess if you want to put it that way, the well, Vikings wins are wins is number uh, 1, points yeah. would probably be number 2. And uh, the Vikings are very good to better than average in those areas. But uh you mentioned there the the Cardinals injuries and two I want to point out, well actually three Drew also mentioned it is that left guard Matt Max Garcia is out, center Rodney Hudson is out, and left tackle DJ Humphreys is a maybe right now. Well, in that, that case, a, the local you know, Cardinals press doesn't think he's going to play. Yeah, but Garcia and Hudson are out for sure. And in that case, guys like Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, Jonathan Bullard, if he plays, any of the backups like James Lynch, they have got to eat in this game because uh the big boys Kyler in the middle. Murray, big boys in the middle Kyler Murray uh has had a very average start to the season his his stats right now are very Kirk Cousins like which is like <laughs> eh, so so uh he's been clashing with Cliff Kingsbury his head coach about the direction of the offense uh and but he's a he's a great talent, a phenomenal talent. He's so elusive. He can he's he can take jailbreak kind of plays that are are you know aren't are off script and make them into big plays. We saw that last year in the Vikings game. So he has to be contained. You you've got to confuse him. You've got to frustrate him. You've got to limit his big plays. And that's where Dalvin Tomlinson and the big boys up front are, are going to play a huge role with that problem on the interior with the Cardinals, David, because mm-hmm. uh, I've you know. Uh, Kyler Murray, we know he's only five tenish. Uh, he, I've read where he where he has trouble uh, getting, you know, seeing five ten is probably stretching it a little bit. Yeah, right. Yes, but he has. I've read where he's had trouble. He has trouble seeing throwing windows sometimes when he's in the pocket because the big boys are up front, like the the offensive linemen who are protecting him, plus guys like Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips who are coming to get him. If they got to make themselves big, David, I think they, if they can't get to him, get your hands up, get your hands in the throwing lanes, try to either tip passes or make it hard for him to see his receivers who, whether they're open or not. And that could lead to a couple of tip passes. It could lead to some inaccurate throws that could result in some, you know, one or two, three drives that might be successful turning out to be not successful. And in a game where it could be close because the talent level on both teams is kind of similar uh, I think that that could be a deciding factor. The big boys up front making themselves big, keeping Kyler Murray contained in the pocket. I think that's a key thing. Another thing is like you mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins came back last week. Uh, the the Cardinals targeted him 14 times. He caught 10 passes for just over 100 yards. So he had a pretty good day. 
interesting part of that is Hopkins has always been an outside wide receiver. Last week, he played 27 snaps in the slot. That's 17 more than he's ever played in any game in his career. Uh, and that brings us back to that Sullivan guy. Uh-huh. So the, the Cardinals know that Sullivan is our slot corner. They know he hasn't been doing a very good job of it. Uh, I think that they look at could look at, okay, DeAndre Hopkins worked pretty well in the slot last week. Let's put him on Hopkins. Let's see if we can get some easy completions and first downs by just targeting him over and over and over against Sullivan. So Sullivan in this game, I'm not saying he's going to win that battle, but he can't get brutalized by it. He has to play, you know, try to. We may see Donatel switch things up. Yeah. They may move. We may. We may see Patterson play one-on-one and just track Hopkins no matter which side he's on or what position, moving to the slot or not. Um, He may move. We don't know. But, yes, as of right now, if you're playing the normal base, he's going up against Sullivan, and Sullivan has got to hold up because he's going to be tested. And, GMAC, thanks for answering the question, how do we play out of the bye? It's totally fresh new. We don't know. Kevin O'Connell's the new coach. We know how Zim did. Zim did started out great out of the bye, and then the last couple of years didn't do shit out of the bye. Um, we don't know how Kevin O'Connell's going to do. So this is new to us. We don't know. Hopefully, there is a little nugget that Darren and I talked about. When we get to O'Connell, we'll bring it up. Um, Jarrell was talking about getting JJ the the problems JJ had getting opened and the uh, and uh, with the Philly game. Well, uh, speaking of JJ, um, last week uh, and Drew's bringing it up too here in the stats. Last week, the not only is Byron Murphy Jr. who is the other starting corner for the Cards, he's questionable right now, so he might not be playing. But the guy who isn't questionable who is playing is Marco Wilson. He's the other starting corner or the right corner. Last week, the Saints targeted him big time uh particularly with chris olave they worked him hard they had a lot of success thrown at him and so i would like to see kevin o'connell uh making sure as much as possible to get justin jefferson the guy in the picture there matched up against marco wilson and see where that leads this offense uh especially in the first quarter Uh, let's see if we can we can get justin jefferson abusing marco wilson Mm -hmm. early and often uh, like they did in the bears game because and the Vikings passing game is going to be, have to be, I think, on point, David, because, again, the running game might struggle a bit uh, because the cards are pretty good at stopping the run, or they have been at yeah, times. Yeah, they're beefy in the middle. And Yeah, they're beefy in the middle. And so the Vikings got to have the passing game on point from the get-go because last week or two weeks ago against the Dolphins, we all remember, four of their first five drives were three and outs. They cannot have that, and that – they got away with that because you had Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterbacks against you. They weren't able to take advantage of our offensive incompetence, but Kyler Murray will be able to take advantage of that much mm-hmm. better. And if we're four out of five on you know, three and outs in the first half against the Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray is going to put up more points than just three. Uh, if that's the case against us and we could be in a hole early on and that's not something the Vikings have really experienced other than the Philly game and we know how that turned out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, a lot of what I'm bringing up here are things that make it feel that I don't think very op- I'm not very optimistic about the Vikings winning this game, even though they're five and one and the Cardinals are three and four. But uh, I'm actually quite optimistic, and one the main reason is the coaching staff, <laughs> uh, Kevin O'Connell, uh, and the Vikings coaching staff. Uh, I think we've got a big advantage there versus Cliff Kingsbury and his coaching staff. I think that Kevin O'Connell is going to. From what he's shown me, again, small sample size, but in six games, I think, and what I've seen from Cliff Kingsbury in two-plus seasons with the Cardinals, <laughs> I am pretty I am pretty confident that Kevin O'Connell is going to have the Vikings, uh, will have a better game plan, have the Vikings better prepared, and his coaching staff will be better prepared than Cliff Kingsbury will, and his coaching staff will have the Cardinals prepared. And I think in a game where the talent level is pretty similar, uh, the, the, the way the, both the offensives and defenses perform is kind of similar i think 
a coaching staff which game plans better than the other is is an important trump card in this game and it's going to make a huge difference and i have faith that kevin o'connell and his staff are going to be really come up big in this game for us and outperform cliff, cliff kingsbury and his staff in this one and that's going to be a big deciding factor in the vikings winning this one i agree and i i'm optimistic on this game i do believe the vikings will win i called for it i when they asked for bold takes on Wednesday on the One Bar and Lubbockus show. Mine is because they are not good in the center of their offensive line. We're going to get a lot of push by Dalvin Tomlinson and Phillips, and they're going to push Murray out to squirt out to the sides, and you're going to see sacks by Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter, and even one and multiple sacks by both of those guys, and even one by our good boy DJ Wanham, and even maybe the guys up front do. I get into that as well. I am pleased. I think we can throw on them. They're injured in their defensive backfield, and I, I think we could throw to set up the run and even have a good run day. But I think throwing the ball, I think we're going to have the opportunity. And if, especially if Kyler Murray's been doing nothing but go doing this all night, Bang, bang, go right, shoot left, all that stuff. I'm going to call this for the Vikings. GMAX talking about how Hertz gave us trouble and that Murray could give a similar. And then, yeah, it's possible. Yes, I think that possible. the difference there is that uh, the Cardinals running game is not near as good as the Eagles running game, even though Eno Benjamin, the rookie, has given them a bit of shot of life. The Cardinals running game a bit of shot of life, but I don't think there's any any comparison there. Uh, the Eagles offensive line is much, much better than the Cardinals offensive line, particularly with the injuries that the Cardinals have right now. And also so the Eagles, uh, I think the Eagles have better weapons to th- for Hurts to throw to uh, than Murray has with the Cardinals. Now, he got DeAndre Hopkins back. That's big. Uh, Robbie Anderson they traded for, although he only got Rob Anderson was only thrown out once last week, once. So it remains to be seen how what kind of a role he's going to have in the Cardinals offense or not. But, uh, but I don't think that... Uh, that comparison, the Eagles Cardinals thing, really is is you know really holds because of those factors that I just mentioned. It's it's in both those two teams are the Cardinals and the Eagles are not at the same <laughs> level right now. Even though the Cardinals played the Eagles really tough at home, right. <laughs> the one chance that they had. I agree. Um, one I, one other thing, Dave, you were mentioning I don't, the, that we didn't mention was that uh, uh, on the coaching staff stuff, Kevin O'Connell has two years, the past two years with the Rams, has been pre- preparing to uh, attack the Cardinals' defense uh, because they play him twice, twice a year, a year. In, the, in, in the Western Conference. So he's got uh, very good familiarity with – that defense as well as that offense. And uh, again, uh, whereas Cliff Kingsbury, yeah, they played the Vikings last year, but it was a different coaching staff, different defensive scheme, different offensive scheme, uh, different players, not at all the same sort of deal. Whereas the Cardinals roster is much, is kind of the same as it was last year in a lot of the key areas anyway. Yep. And I think that gives us an advantage. I'm optimistic tomorrow. Dave is optimistic. The Vikings going in win. So am I, but I'll be worried like shit until it. Well, as we all will, we're old time Vikings fans and know how they could blow it and things go weird for Minnesota Vikings. Now, you want to talk about optimistic. Believe it or not, Vegas came out this week. Vikings are favored on nine of their 11 remaining games as of today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's sort of scary to me. Um, that would yeah, give us yeah, a fourteen right. and three record if awesome. everything went that way. Which is, I agree, it's awesome. There's only one NFC NFC team they have better than us when it comes to the betting line, and then that is Dallas on Thanksgiving. Um, not Dallas on. We don't play Dallas on Thanksgiving. Dallas after Buffalo. Yeah, we play the Patriots on Thanksgiving. Patriots on Thanksgiving, yeah. Yep. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, and we'll 
inconsistencies. They're bouncing between two right now. But there. Yep, that's what it is. And that is our show today, everybody. I want to thank everybody for showing up. Yes, Davey, I have no idea where the one Bartolopagus gang are, except for the fact that they're probably not used to a a 4 o'clock Central Time pregame show on Saturday. I need to spread the word. I need to get with Matt and and Lubbockus and tell them, hey, spread the word, 4 o'clock Saturday. Come on over. And I had fun doing the one bar and Lubbockus show this week. I did, I did, I did. And the guys know it. I appreciate it. So, any last words there, buddy? Looking forward to the game tomorrow, Dave, as always. Uh, a little bit nervous, as I said. I, I think the Cardinals, despite the record, are um, have have some parts of their team that uh, could give the Vikings some problems, particularly Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. And if they manage to get Robbie Anderson involved, he's a deep threat who could be an issue. And uh, Zach Ertz is always there too, kind of a dependable guy who's that they, they feed the ball to him. They're not getting a lot of production out of him, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so again, like I'd love to see the Vikings get into that fast tempo on offense that they've had when they've had success where they've just got the other defense on their heels can't substitute we're just getting first down after first down we saw none of that against miami because we couldn't get a fucking first down so so let's get rolling yep i agree and tomorrow remember in the final two minutes join us for climbing the pockets the final score we go live at the two minute warning We'll watch that last two minutes of the game with everybody. You can join us, come together, and have a great time as we're either you know going through our eighth heart attack of the game or we're sitting there celebrating and already starting to get well-primed up, yelling and screaming, and we get to look forward to who are the best players of tomorrow. What are the highlights starting in the final two minutes with the final score. Join us then. And until then, buddy, what do we say? We say Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.